In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stay tuned to hear more of God's creation story on Quirks of Creation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Quirks of Creation. It's Monday night, but that's okay because we are here to do a Hawkhound Bible stream. Joining me, as always, is Elise Malone. Welcome, Hello. Elise. Yay. I'm excited for tonight. This is going to be fun. I, I am so hyped. It's going to be awesome because... Ivy and PJ from Conspiracy Pilled have been doing Revelation streams and Daniel streams. And it's like, we're building this community of Christians to study different aspects of culture from conspiracies to science and archaeology. And, you know, it's important to study the Bible, too, because it gives us the foundation of all these things that we're looking into. And why not start at the beginning? Why not? So much of what we've been talking about, or at least... I've been talking about (laughs) comes from Genesis. So we figured let's jump into it. Let's really take a deep dive while other times we just talking more about the science, the history of it, yada, yada. Right Right now we can really dig into the meat of everything and get to know God's word a little bit better. Yeah, I like it. And this isn't like, this is not a sermon. This is just like, (laughs) two people coming together to kind of figure things out. And we hope you guys will participate with us here in the Rumble chat. If you are listening to this later, leave us comments about your thoughts. Give us reviews. Like, we want to hear from you about your thoughts on this Bible stream. And if you want to hear more. Yeah. One thing I love about this is you do, you know, we definitely have our points of view and we bring those in. But when the chat and when people comment later with their points of view or the connections they make too it's like oh that i don't know you just get to see so many different ways to think about things and i really love that so i'm excited to see what we what we hear about this one but (laughs) uh before we get started you want to pray for us yes all right Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for this time with Jess, and thank you so much for this time with any of our listeners. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would just fill this place, that you would open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts so that we may receive you. Uh, Father God, I pray that this brings you the glory, that we see you in a whole new light, and that we understand you more and completely. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I loved it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You didn't write a sermon? No. Oh, I'll put mine away. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm not a guy, so I guess I'm not supposed to give sermons. I know, yeah. I was going to say, nobody wants that from me, so (laughs) we'll let that go. I think it's more fun to just, like, hang out and read God's Word. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, I'm super excited for it. Hope you guys are, too. Um, Yeah, I guess. Do we want to... Just like read chapter one and then talk about it or talk about it along the way. What, what, do, you, what do we feel? Yeah, let's, I think it's short enough. We can just read chapter one at least and okay. um, go from there. And talk about it from there. Yeah. Okay. And then if, I'll try and remember to scroll because 
Oh, I'll, read, I'll read it off the screen. And I have my, my little study Bible that has the notes at the bottom, and we can use those when we do our discussion part. Okay. Hey. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God said that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And so it was, and God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit bearing trees, fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their seed according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of heavens to give the light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps along the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then he said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, 
and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. There was evening and morning the sixth day. Whew. A lot of work. <laughs> work pretty hard. <laughs> I need a day off too. Right? <laughs> so recap. Day one is <clears throat> separate the light from the dark. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. Try throat. And then day two, we have... Um, the the expanse. So this is where. Yeah. Well, honestly, I start getting confused at day one because well, yeah, he separated the light from the darkness, called the light day, and the darkness he called night. But he did not put the stars in the sky until day three. Right. So what did he actually make on day one? I know that one's always gotten me too. Like. I'm just I'm just gonna do a little googling real quick because <laughs> let me see what my study notes say. Yeah. Let's see. Let there be light. These words express a principal theme in the Bible: God bringing light to the darkness. Here, God produces physical light. The New Testament records God sending His Son to be the light of the world. In the end, there was no longer any darkness at all. Is this saying God creates good and evil? Oh, I never thought of that. I don't know. That's a good question. He can't. God doesn't create evil. Right, right. But I knew what you're saying. This the, is. This free will. <laughs> Is this free will? Because I think, no, he doesn't create evil, but I think right. we made plenty of it. And, you know, obviously the angels had their own free will. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I've never thought of it that way. But there is, what is the difference between day one and day three? And I've always been confused by that, too. Even like even in verse two, I'm already confused because it says the earth was without form and void, which suggests that the earth existed before anything else existed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before mm -hmm. he started making everything else. He was there. God was definitely there. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Is day one just like the Big Bang? Uh, that in, is... In, you know what I'm saying. I do. It's like day one, he creates physics. He creates atoms. He creates the property of light. And there, there's this question about what it, is matter actually moving through. Because as of the 20th century, we discovered that light acts as both a particle and a wave, which means that it has form and it's a wave. But what is it a wave through? Right. 
Right. So that that void, that nothingness. Right. The black the black hole, the black the <laughs> This is my question about dark matter because we can't detect. This is going to be a whole episode one day. We don't know anything about dark matter, but is light a wave through dark matter? So did he create matter and dark matter on the first day? This is my stupid nerd brain going nuts. I like it. (laughs) I like it. I have no idea. But yeah, that one's always. And and again, it's one of those where I was just... (laughs) sounds so terrible but it's just kind of like okay moving on like not really sitting down thinking about it which is which is the whole point of this so hey here we go here we go (laughs) Ooh, i like what andy ashenden says the chaos is the potentiality which is formed later the word of god jesus see john 1 1 gives it form yeah, that's what it was saying in the Bible notes, that God brings light, and mm-hmm. it's just like this chaos, right? All of this stuff happening, but then God sends his son into the world to be the light, and there will no longer be any darkness at all. God said God said it, and it was done. There was light. His command causes reality. Yeah. I like that a lot. I do too. And chaos is something that you see a lot in other creation stories as well. Yes. Like chaos is a big theme and the gods come and either they are formed from the chaos or they are defeating the chaos. They're, they're still here to keep the chaos at bay or in check. So um, I think this all comes from like we've said before, like little kernels of truth that yeah. we see throughout all of other people's mythology and things like that. So chaos to me makes sense. The nothing, the, the crazy. Right. No, I, I think you're right. Chaos, chaos makes more sense than just like absolute nothing. And then God comes and gives it order. Mm-hmm. Puts it all together. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, like it yeah and that's only what that was like verse three and four yeah but we're gonna be here a long time buckle in guys (laughs) (laughs) did you bring snacks (laughs) oh i should have brought in a bible study without snacks (laughs) you're so right i i have my my microwave coffee that i've definitely been drinking all day yeah yeah i hear you I've got my water because I haven't been drinking that today. <laughs> got to get hydrated. Speaking of water, here's another thing I'm confused about. Mm-hmm. God separated the waters from the waters. What waters? What waters? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, what? It, why am I drawing a huge blank on what that's called? But the... Um, the firmament. Thank you. Yes. Got gotcha. you know up up ahead. Yeah. That's it. Up there, this here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you're just the listening, firmament. you're missing out on Elise's amazing hand gestures. Which is why you need to come subscribe over on Rumble. That's right. My office is gonna fall apart now. Sorry. Hold on. I love it. Okay. The firmament. Yes. yes. 
So it's saying, you know, day two, sea and sky, but is it the firmament? Is it just like the, the, the clouds? And then they, yeah, because that's. That's what I had always thought that he had separated the land, waters, right? The sea, the rivers, the lakes, whatever. And the sky water, the clouds, water vapor. He was basically giving water its unique properties. Cycle. Because mm-hmm. water is so, behaves so differently from any other compound in existence. Yeah. And it is the most essential compound for existence, which is why when we try to look for life on other planets, we're specifically looking for water because water is necessary for life. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's so weird. It makes no sense that it should have this ability to... Re- retain heat really well but also release heat really well i mean the fact that it becomes less dense when it's ice and not more dense like everything else does when it's a solid like water is just banana towns (laughs) just when you think you got it figured out then there's water we don't know everything there could be to know about water which sounds insane because it's like it's water guys (laughs) but you don't get it from a science perspective water is crazy and so to me i'm like of course god's gonna spend a whole day on water right 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 exactly (laughs) mankind's been spending his whole life on water we still don't get it we still don't get it we just know we need it that's right (laughs) here i go yeah. So I can see it's vague enough. Then some, you know. But isn't there that like tell me if I'm wrong. There's this hypothesis that there was like you were calling it that firmament, this water mm-hmm. layer hovering over the earth. Mhm. What is that? What what do you mean? Sorry. Like I'm I'm trying to think of I guess I could see why people would think that because it says water from waters. Yeah. Yeah. But there'd be no way to prove that that's what it was. I know. It also is uh isn't that part of like a flat earth theory? It is, isn't it? I think it is. That's why, another. why does the earth need to be flat for people to think that? I don't know. I don't know. Vaguely, this, I don't know. This isn't conspiracy build. No, I'll let them handle it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll let them have it. Uh, Let's see if there's anything good in my Bible notes. The notion of upper and lower waters is something mysterious. The language may simply refer to waters gathered in liquid state to moisture in the atmosphere. The division of the waters is another of God's acts of bringing order out of disorder. Oh, it's chaos again. Okay. So Mm -hmm. he's basically just ordering chaos. Yeah. Just making it all make sense. Make it make sense. (laughs) God does that. He, He do that. He does do that. Yeah. So, and then third day, dry land, seas, plants, and trees. <laughs> okay, so here's the question I have. Because on the third day, he also creates the sun and the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. 
and this this is gonna y'all get in the chat. We can debate this idea if you guys want. Was it a true twenty four hour day in the three days ah, preceding right. God putting the sun in the sky? <clears throat> okay. Could well, I guess we could. We could make it. I guess the argument I've heard, well, there's a bunch of them, but, um, you know, it's more like a, a not literal, but like a po- poetic yeah. kind of, you know, thing. The so, style is very poetic because it's yeah. so repetitive. Yes. Yes. So that makes sense to me. And then if it's not a 24-hour day, how long is it? How long could it sustain itself each day? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I guess it really could maybe light from the dark and then the the sky, dry lands and seas, and then you have day, night, sun, moon, stars. If it was any gap of time really – yeah, is day still, just to imply a gap of time? Yeah. Not necessarily a uniform gap of time. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, for a while there was just light. Right. From dark for however long. I don't know. I don't know. I've always found that interesting. And I also think it's, um, of course, we would think it's our time, like our 24 hours. Right. I don't know. I'm ch- I'm seeing if anybody has any. <laughs> Let's see. Um, here's Andy on the last discussion. Hebrews derive their noun for heaven from a similar term, which means water. Ancients and medievals often thought that heaven was made in this manner, uh, that the uniform mass extended outward. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting. I didn't know that. This is like, I wish I knew ancient languages. Yeah, me too. That would probably be very helpful. (laughs) Very helpful, especially when reading the Bible, uh, to truly understand the language it was written in, I think would be. Have you ever seen, here I'm going off on tangent. I saw this TikTok a while ago, and I know it's TikTok, but um, this girl was breaking down like the the word beginning Mm. in Hebrew and all the characters and what each character meant. And then if you group them together like this, it means this. And if you group them together like this, it means that. And it kind of like stated in the beginning, um, there was God and the son, his son. Mm-hmm. And then like, there was like also a connection to a tree and the cross. And it just like kind of, Whoa. the way she broke down the Hebrew word the, and beginning and all, again, all the characters kind of told the whole story just in one word. And I was like, shut up. I have no idea if there's any truth right. to any of it. Cause I, you could tell me anything like that. And I'd be like, what? but um, it was, it was really cool. And it, to be able to understand it to that depth would be that is incredible. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of knowledge about ancient languages to be able to make those kinds of connections. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also think, oh, my gosh, how hard would it be to read? (laughs) It's like we looked at some 
ancient he or Aramaic or Hebrew on the cursed tablet episode. And yeah. I was like, they look yeah. like stick figures. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And they did too. It was crazy. But hmm. no, I'm not there yet anyway. <laughs> Reno Rob says, no, it's not a 24 hour day. Base Babe says, doesn't the Bible say that God's day is not our day? That's true. That's true. That's true. God's outside of time. Moses used terms he understood. That, I think, is probably the most accurate. I think so, too. And that's a very good way to look at it. Yeah. Because how would you describe, how would you write this? (laughs) How would you describe this? Some passage of time went by, and then God did something else. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. Um, Base Babe says, I think it's absolutely possible because everything is possible with him, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the timetable. That, that right there. Yes, God could make the earth, yeah. all of creation in six days and then take a break, but that doesn't necessarily mean that is what he did. Right. Right. Exactly. Someone call Abby or Spencer. Yeah, for the language stuff. Yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. Yes. So I think it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, And I guess it doesn't matter. It's not a salvation question. So no, it technically doesn't matter. But when we're faced up against like the atheistic propaganda that is so embedded in the scientific community, I think it is important to have the conversation. Oh, for sure. Probably have a better grasp than I do of the conversation. But still. Base babe, forbidden snack. Yeah. <laughs> I love the forbidden snack. I do too. Uh, so yeah. Day three. Dry land and seas. And the seeds stars. and trees. Seas and trees. And then day four was sun, moon, and stars. Yep. Yeah. I like that it says, let them be for signs and for seasons. And so we typically think, oh, you know, the seasons of the year, spring, summer, fall, and winter. But in ancient times, it meant more than just like science seasons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, a star was used to announce Christ's arrival to Earth. Exactly. That was a sign. Yes. The astrology was a big deal. Yeah. Signs, uh, the stars, and where they were, and you, I mean, you find that not just in the Bible, but you find that with ancient structures that they are lined up with. Uh, the stars, they align up with constellations, things like that. So, I think all of that pretty pretty big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal and I wonder if we've lost some of that mystery as cuz I get the emphasis that I can't remember where it says like you don't want to be so fixated on that that you stop fixating on God. Like you're right. going to the stars for answers to your life. That's not right. that's not the purpose. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're not important. Right. And I think that's something that 
it's one of those slippery slopes that unfortunately I think rather than try and learn the balance of it, we've lost it. And what I mean is like, it's a tool, I think, to right. be used. Could it was a tool. And rather than focusing on um, how to use it, but also we got lost in it. So then it became this bad thing because we took it too far. Like you said, focusing too much on the stars and not the person who created the stars. Right. And so I don't know if in Christianity we just kind of did away with that. And so now it's like we've lost all the good that could have come from that. Right. And not to say that that wasn't a good price to pay. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's just a theory. But I think because I think back to like all of the things that happen in prophecy. And so often biblical prophecy is connected to the stars Mm -hmm. and things that, I mean, they're meant to be signs to announce something that is going to happen. And then we sort, we sort of forget about that. Um, Base babe says, if God created the stars for signs, does that give credence to astrology? Is that part of taking the spiritual out spirituality out of Christianity? I do think that is in part true. Now, do I think you being a Tauros and the alignment of Venus and Mercury has anything to do with retrograde. your bad mood that day? Yeah, Venus is in retrograde. Uh-huh. No, you need to get over yourself and stop being <laughs> obnoxious. But... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean that uh, God can't use them for a purpose. Well, especially he created them. He put them in the stars and I, or he put them in the sky for a reason. I don't think it was just arbitrary. Um, it's certainly not when you can like pick patterns out of yeah. it and use them for navigation. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's all for a purpose. Yes. So I'm not going to be like, yeah, astrology is great. But at the same time, I I don't know. Something's missing, I think. I think yeah. we're missing something in this connection. Agreed. Maybe Agreed. that's okay, too. <laughs> I guess it's better to err on the side of caution and not fall into a place where you might get distracted or worship something yeah. that's not God. Yeah. Not that we don't do that with literally everything else in our lives. Anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) True, true. Day and night. And then birds and fish on day five. Why why birds? I don't get it. That's one thing I'll never understand. He had to make government (gasps) drones for them. (laughs) How dare you joke about it? I know. I'm the worst. (laughs) Uh, that's a mistranslation right right exactly right he didn't actually mean birds he meant didn't bats really mean. right bats yes Any, anything else that flies <laughs> I do think it's funny that birds and fish just have their own day right yeah like they're not with the rest of the animals birds and fish have their own I totally get the fish. I mean, I because yes. God made the ocean crazy. Yeah, yeah. He again. We still haven't explored enough of that. The right. ocean. God only knows what's in there. Could birds and fish have included dragons? <gasps> oh, 
because you got the serpent in the water and you got the serpent in the sky both on the same day. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, there might be something there. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is things took a turn when he created birds. I'm just saying. So true. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Reno Rob says, right, it wasn't birds. It was dinosaurs. Love it. We figured it out, guys. Nailed it. They're made on day five, not six. Got it. Oh, I love this. Andy says, something I also think is notable is that God had man in his mind on the fourth day. It is by reason man's difference between the animals that we interpret the signs in the sky. I love that. I do too. I like that a lot. Yeah. That even though all these things were created each day, whatever that means, I think we were intended from the very beginning. He's basically like cleaning house. I like because whenever you have relatives come over, it's like, get all the dog hair up, scrub (laughs) the baseboards, put your laundry away. You're trying to order the chaos. Yes. So you're not embarrassed when your family comes over. So they have a nice, nice place to come to when they come visit. God's like, let me make this beautiful universe and put put mankind who I made in my image because I love them so much right there right there I made this for you isn't it beautiful and then we screwed it up guys not to spoiler alert (laughs) in case you didn't know (laughs) right it gets messed up later (laughs) Uh, no I like that though I think that's awesome and yeah it was it was all for us Mm-hmm. Yay. I love it. Birds and fish be fruitful and multiply. That was something I wrote down too. So it wasn't just mankind, which I guess I didn't really realize. But he right. said that on day five and day six, like be fruitful and multiply. So this is the thing that makes me think more time has passed than just a single day. Because right. why would you say be fruitful and multiply? Now I'm going to do something the next day without giving time for generations to have passed yeah, for you to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I can kind of see where old earth creationists come from their perspective. It's like God can use microevolution to his benefit. Of course he can. Yeah. He created the laws of physics. He created the laws of nature. Mm-hmm. Of course he could use evolution. Yeah, absolutely. And not to jump ahead too far, but same with like when he rested. Yeah. You know, was that to give man time to be fruitful and multiply? That's a good also. Point. So. And I don't know what it means when God takes a rest, but except I don't, you know. Yeah. What does again? That I'm mean? jumping ahead, but what does that mean when yeah. God takes a rest? I have so many questions. I know. Yeah. Me too. Also, I'm going to throw this out there just for me. Do if it. anybody knows any like good books that are great to go alongside of Genesis. I'll take that all day. I'll take that recommendation all day. Because I think this is a book that it's one of those where it's kind of like, yeah, Genesis. 
Cool. But um, yeah, just a random side note. If anybody has one, that's a good one to go alongside of this so you can get a deeper dive. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I will take book recommendations <laughs> all day long. I mean, any any book recommendation, yeah. <laughs> right. I would love a book that does a deep dive into Genesis yes. and looks at science and archaeology alongside it. Because, I mean, that's like our thing. So, of course, we're interested in that. Of course, we'll take it all day. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. And then so we get to... God makes all of the land animals and the land dinos. <laughs> and then he makes us. I just, it's so beautiful the way it's described. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Like, if you don't feel like so tenderly loved when you read that, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because you should. You should feel so loved when you read that. We were worthy enough. Uh, well, no, that's not a good way to put it. I don't think we're worthy God of anything. God wanted us enough. But he wanted us enough that he's like, now I'll create you in my image. Right. And I'll give you that. And that in itself is just like, what a blessing and what a, uh, I don't know, what's like show of his love. Yeah. Good example. One of many. <laughs> so many. 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 <laughs> One of so many. One of many, many. <laughs> I don't know. It just like overwhelms me with this great feeling that God did all of this so he could have a personal relationship with us. Like, ah, it's so much. It's so much to feel all at once. It's like. Yes. I don't even know how to put it into words. Emotion! It hits you in the feels. <laughs> it does hit you in the feels. Yeah. It's what overwhelming. Yeah. But it also, I think, keeping that in mind, too, if nothing else, like, just, uh, it's like a way of holding you accountable, too. Yeah. Like, don't forget, don't forget all I did for you. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't forget. Don't forget to have a relationship with me too. Thanks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> no, I think that's important to say because it's like, how often do we prioritize that time with God and make it a non-negotiable part of our day? Right. You know, we get up, brush our teeth. We make sure we get food every day. But w is this also part of that list of non-negotiables, the thing that we won't miss? Or is it that thing, oh, I'll, I'll do when I can. Yeah. Oh, It's like working out, like, oh, I missed it. Oh. Right. <laughs> that got me in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But um, yeah, it's like it, I, I had somebody say to me once, like, do you grab your phone when you go anywhere, everywhere? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, who doesn't? And they're like, what if you instead like reached for your Bible more often than you reached for your phone? Or what if like that relationship was more important than like checking social yeah. media and things like that? And I was like, oh, thanks for calling me out. <laughs> I'm perfect at it because I'm definitely not. No. Definitely not. No. But anyway, it's just another like, 
good way to remember. And and not in like a guilty way, but just yeah. like a, a loved way. Like this is the creator of the universe who did all these magical, wonderful things. Magical's not the right word, but he did these incredible things. Maybe, maybe spend some time with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> just a minute. Just a minute or two. I love what Base Babe says. I wonder if that's why we can see our relationship with Christ mirrored in our healthy familial relationships. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's why God designed marriage, why God designed the nuclear family to be what it is, because it's supposed to be a picture of our relationship with Him. Yeah. Uh, Well, are we men told to love their wife as Christ loved the church? You know, yes. I think that's a very good way to put it. Me too. Yeah. Andy says, God says, let us make, not let it bring forth. This is an indication of a deliberate plan in this instance of, in this instant alone, God summons himself to a council and announces a sort of deliberation. Ooh, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That is such a good point. Because so many of the other creation myths are, let us spring forth. Let us, yeah, it's like they're pulling it out of something, like they're pulling it out of the ether. Whereas God is deliberately and intentionally creating. I like that. I like that too. And I, yeah, go ahead. Pull I was that up. going to read our vault. Oh no, I missed leg day and Bible time. That's why we have scheduled Bible time now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you at least can have something on Mondays. <laughs> we'll schedule leg day for tomorrow. Don't worry. I'm just kidding. Leg day's not going to be tomorrow. It leg should day's be. the worst day. Oh my gosh. That's so true though. <laughs> All right. How do we feel about Genesis 1? I feel like it is awe-inspiring and it is something we need to keep. So overall... I think it's just something to keep in mind, like when you go outside and we kind of take for granted, like everything that's around us, all the beauty and everything, you know, I mean, just the air we breathe. Oh my gosh. That we totally take for granted. Clean air. Clean air and the water and uh, just all of it. So you look around and thank you God for this like majestic balance of everything that keeps me going and keeps me alive. And this is just a reminder of the awesomeness of God that we see every day. And again, it's easy to take for granted because it's like, that's my backyard. Right. I'm here all the time. <laughs> it's just the air I breathe. I do it all the time. But I don't know. This just kind of breaks it all down for me. And it's like, no, I, I worked really hard to make, this, to make this for you. Right. Don't forget to be grateful. That's such a good point. Take time to breathe the air. Go t- go touch some real grass and yeah. remember that God made that grass for you. Smell the roses. Yeah. All that jazz. Yeah. All that jazz. Maybe yeah, read your Bible once in a while. I don't know. We could try. I mean, try it. Whatever. <laughs> Do you want to read Genesis 2 for us? Yes. I am on it. Okay. All right. The seventh day, God rests. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. 
and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. The creation of man and woman, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, and the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Mist. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he'd formed. And out of the ground the Lord made a spring of every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of the land is good. Dilium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave name to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was no, there was not a, sorry, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The end. (laughs) So, a few thoughts. Yep. Just like at the beginning of chapter two, we remember that God rested on the seventh day and made it holy. And this is something I've been struggling with recently is very clearly in the Ten Commandments, it says we should still keep the Sabbath holy. And Mm -hmm. like, we're pretty good at following all the other Ten Commandments. Sometimes the honor thy mother and father, we get wrong sometimes. But the (laughs) one I feel like we really miss out on is keeping the Sabbath holy. Because what do we fill our lives with every single day of the week? I think we all... I know me personally, I really struggle to take a whole day and rest. Yeah. Yeah. To not do anything. Right. Um, I know that 
I know of others who take it much more seriously. And um, like listening to Ben Shapiro, for example, and he always makes a big deal of how he doesn't, you know, he prepares and he doesn't do anything on the Sabbath day. And I'm just like, what if I, I don't even prepare to do nothing on the Sabbath. Like I don't set myself up. So I have not even that I don't have anything, but just like, okay, I'm mentally prepared and ready. And I've done all the things I can do up to this point. And now I have this day and this day is, that's it. It's off limits. I don't do that. I'm going to be honest. I don't do that. And I should. (laughs) It's such a struggle because I feel like, and maybe this is a problem with just like how we've jammed so much into our lives. I feel like there's no possible way I could possibly like take a day off. Right. 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 From just like living. I ain't got time for that. (laughs) Right. But then am I prioritizing what I want, need, whatever over what God has commanded us to do? Right. And, and we justify it. I mean, I think there's a, a good balance to this. So I feel like I say that a lot. But you see that in, uh, you, you see it in the Bible. You see it in creation. There's a balance with everything. There's the dark. There's the light. Yeah. There's the tree of good and evil. There's balances in everything. And you see it here too, the Sabbath and keep it holy. And then Jesus has a... Um, struggle with the Pharisees or he has this little tiff oh, yeah. because he heals someone on the Sabbath and they've taken it so far, you know, like, how could you do that? And he's like, what, what, what am I going to do? Just let him go? Like, let right. it not happen. And um, also, I appreciate everybody just putting up with my, the way I recap stories. <laughs> I love the way you recap stories, just going to say. <laughs> Bible scholars are probably like, what? But anyway, yes. So basically, in my mind, you know, Jesus heals this man and this and the Pharisees are or the Sadducees, I can't remember, doesn't matter in the moment, uh, right. that they were so upset with him. So again, it's like obviously you can take it too far. Jesus shows us that they were taking the Sabbath day too far. Right. But at the same time, I think today, at least in my life, I'm not taking it far enough. And there's a good right. balance to be had there. So what it is, I'm not, I don't know, but. That's probably. fair. I think uh, in the modern Christian church, we read that passage where Jesus heals the man um, and say, oh, well, now we can yes. work on the Sabbath, right? Yes. Now, yes. somehow that undoes the 10 com- one of the 10 commandments yeah, exactly no other of any of the 10 commandments is undone just that one just that one right exactly and i don't think that was his point <laughs> yeah i don't think that was his point either <laughs> no no i think it was um yeah just uh there's balance don't be too don't go don't go too far with it but at the same time i don't think we're Going, getting anywhere near close enough to yeah. Anyway, my tangent on the Sabbath. 
I like it. Again, you guys no have any thoughts on the Sabbath and keeping it holy? I'm totally down to hear it because th- this is one of the things I'm wrestling with. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. But you said something about mist, like while you were yeah. reading it, you said, and mist. Because we're coming back to that where um, my only thought there was with the rain and like Noah later. Mm-hmm. Again, not right. to jump jump ahead. Spoiler alert. Noah. Um, I just wanted to come back to that real quick. So yeah. uh God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Wait. Wait. (laughs) The Lord God had not caused it to rain, and yet a mist was going up from the land. To water everything. I had not put that together. How... Could there have been mist if there had not been rain prior? I don't know. Okay, my brain's broken now. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> I got just going. <laughs> I'm looking at my Bible notes. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Doesn't say anything about the mist. But I also think, like, was rain did it really rain before Noah? Like rain at all? I mean just Yeah. I thought I'd heard from someone somewhere forever ago. I don't know. But like rain wasn't really a thing because it all came up out from of the, the ground. ground. Mm-hmm. So you got Noah coming along like God's gonna flood the earth? Oh, and like not the only did they gr- think he was crazy, but he was like, rain from water from the sky. I don't, I don't know that any of that is a thing. I'm not sure, but I just read this and that reminded me of that, so I wanted to come back to it. That's a crazy hypothesis, isn't that nuts? I'm not saying it's true by any stretch. No, sure, but if I'm it just was, I just think physically how that would even the mist, the mist. I don't know. My brain is broken. Yeah. That's okay. We don't have to we don't I have to tackle that one. Fascinating. <laughs> and then God just makes a goylem out of Adam. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, God made the first golem. Yeah. Just kidding. That's okay, funny. another weird one to think about is somebody has the hypothesis that uh, Garden of Eden was actually in Florida because there's a spot. I know, I know, I know. I'm just going to throw all these things at you. Do Ready? It. How about this? How about this? <laughs> okay. How about this? Because apparently somewhere in Florida, there's this spot where four rivers flow out and it just like kind of all lines up with um, what the Bible says about Eden. Again, <laughs> Not saying this is true. Amazing. I just think it's hilarious. I was like, huh, Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I'd sooner believe the Garden of Eden was in Florida than I'd believe anything Ron Wyatt said. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, true. 
Base Babe says, didn't Jesus' sacrifice come to replace the law where it got boiled down to two laws? Love your neighbor as yourself and love God. Something like that. He didn't come to replace the law. He came to fulfill the law. Am I remembering that correctly? Mm -hmm. So the idea is, is that he wasn't replacing the animal sacrifice for sin. He was fulfilling the sacrifice for sin. So that doesn't mean that we still don't. You don't have to honor your mother and father anymore. Right. You still have to honor your mother and father. It's out the door. <laughs> we are still not supposed to put any other gods before God. Um, you know, you're still not supposed to covet anything, right? Right. The law still applies. It's just, I think, the animal sacrifice one was... Was what he came to fulfill. Right. Was what he came to fulfill. Yeah. Sorry, base babe, you can't murder people. It's... Well, you can, but <laughs> that's my two cents I'm on that, teasing. and maybe I'm, I'm wrong. No, I've always, I've always thought of it. I always understood it that way too. Okay. That that's what that's what he was talking about. But he also said, you know, the greatest of these is love. So I mean, that's he also showed that that's a big deal, right? <laughs> Andy says uh, something to consider about the Sabbath. It is the only thing set aside for God. Nothing else in creation is. Thus, Adam and Eve were priests in a sense. Many consider the tree of life to be an altar. Interesting. That is interesting. I, I like that. that. Uh, PJ says it would seem the way the world worked was broken. So, would our science even understand the world before the fall? That. It's a very good question. This is another good question. So, so here's a question I have. I would for say you. no. Okay. Did Adam and Eve age before the? How old was were they? See, that's yes. Okay, and how old were they? And if childbirth didn't hurt until after, right? How many kids realistically did they have? I mean, yeah. If that didn't hurt, <laughs> you wouldn't be so like. <laughs> right. And there was none there. of the the curse, right? right. So not right. only is there no pain, but there's no infertility. Right. So she could just keep popping them out. <laughs> keep it going. And the only ones that <laughs> are relevant to our story are, of course, Cain and Abel and Seth, because right. it relates to Christ's line. Right. All of the other offspring, I don't want to say don't necessarily matter, because, right, they're right. part of mankind, but right. they're not important for the genealogy. Right. And I hate saying that, because I, I don't think I'm saying it right. But, I mean, Cain, when he left, he was scared of the other villages and the people that wouldn't right. accept him. So, it's like they, people got there somewhere. that weren't, They weren't right. the only kids that, that they had. <laughs> yeah. And, and like again, you were saying, they didn't age. Right. Before the fall, 
there wouldn't have been any problems with intermarrying. We know that that is a major problem because of all of the icky side effects and like all of the ickiness around it. Obviously you guys know, I don't have to explain. (laughs) You You get it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, um, Did you No, there was something else further down that I was going to bring up too. I don't remember. Sorry. Thank you for sure. Oh, okay. Another random tangent here, because that's what I'm here for. Um, I love it. <laughs> and when it says, um, chap- verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, you know, you may surely eat of anything, blah, blah. But I think that that also gets skipped over so often. Uh, the, like, it's our job to tend to yeah. the land, to take care of it. And I don't want to get too, like, you know, green here, but (laughs) I do think that's important. I think that is something that God is, is um, tasked us with is to take care of the earth, to be good keepers of the physical land. Right. We don't talk about that as often. No, you're a hundred percent right. Because God gave us everything Mm-hmm. that we could ever want and need on this planet. And as technology has advanced and everything, we've just like really abused that. Like if you've ever seen the way lithium is mined, it is such a toxic and horrific oh. practice. Like yes. you thought coal mining was bad. Check mm-hmm. out a lithium mine or a, heaven forbid a cobalt, cobalt mine sometime. I mean. No, thank you. It, it's horrific in more ways than just like hurting the earth. Like, of course, we're damaging the environments, but we're damaging land that people live on. We're polluting it and making it an uninhabitable. Um, I remember when I was at the University of Tennessee, I got to go to Oak Ridge National Lab. And that was a big place where part of the Manhattan Project was being done. And so there was lots of radioactive research and stuff going on there and you have to get a lot of security clearance to get on the land and there's this patch that you drive through where there's just nothing except like these dead sticks sticking out of the ground where they've buried a lot of the radioactive material and it's all roped off and like you're not supposed to go on the land and i mean it's very horrific yeah it's spooky It's spooky to drive past, um, but it's just like that could have been land that people lived on. Like Tennessee, you know, this is agricultural land. Um, That could have been perfectly good farmland. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I I I remember working with, I want to say this kid was from the, Dominican Republic or somewhere. No, it was Jamaica and the area or South America. Darn it. I don't remember, but I remember him saying something along the lines of wherever he was from, he came to Northern Michigan to work 
and he could not believe how many trees we had here. He oh, was yeah. like, in in this place where I live, like you don't, you guys have trees on your sidewalks. Like we just have buildings and concrete and there's none of that. And he was just so blown away. And um, one of our like off days, a group of us took him out to the woods, like just so he could yeah. really immerse himself in it. And he was totally overwhelmed. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's uh, crazy to think that there are places like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in northern Michigan, and I have nature up the wazoo around here. But <laughs> I feel that. I am <laughs> deep in north Georgia. I am surrounded by trees. Yeah. I'm lucky I don't run into a tree, you know, when I drive <laughs> to work. Yes. Uh, it's like I live between two cows. I could not be more surrounded <laughs> by nature. And I love it. Yes. Uh, I do, like you were talking about earlier, I think we take that for granted sometimes yeah. when we're constantly steeped in it. Yep. Um, I, I cannot fathom just like living in a concrete city or living in the pod and eating the bugs or like whatever and not <laughs> getting to appreciate God's beautiful creation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and destroying it too. I mean, so yeah. In our chat, Yorthian, someday, dude, we just have to chat in like uh, over the phone or something yes. so we can know how to say your name because I love when you're here. <laughs> I feel terrible because I botch it. I know I'm doing it every time. But anyway, he was saying that stewardship is talked about a lot in the Bible. And, and he's right. And I, I think um, it's something we... We don't, and maybe that's just me and my growing up, but it was never something preached a lot in church <clears throat> or talked a lot about. Um, so it's just a, one of those things that's kind of easy to look over and maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I Girl. think it is something we should focus on more. And it's frustrating because it feels like the political left has yes. really uh, captured yes. this idea of protecting the planet and really yes. twisted and shaped it into like, actually the sun monster is going to kill us all and we should worship mother earth. And like, that is not the biblical perspective of stewardship. No, there is a biblical perspective of stewardship. We are called to care for the planet. Yes. Like don't throw your trash in the ocean. Like, you know, mm -hmm. all those types of things. And I don't know. I, I could get on a soapbox all day about that. Me. We should do an episode about it because I, I do think it's important. I do too. Yeah. I yeah, I could go on and on because like, especially <laughs> growing up as a farm kid, you, people who don't understand farming think that you're totally destroying the earth with what you're doing. And it's like, no, actually the cycle and all of it, you're doing it for a purpose so that it, you're feeding nutrients back into the ground and just right. when you don't understand. So like you said, the left kind of takes it unfortunately in this direction where it's just like, Oh, I can't touch that. It's like, no, understand yeah. it more because we are supposed to be stewards. We are anyway. Soapbox. I know I'm off. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I promise. That was good. No, I like that because I think that was important to say. <laughs> uh, so here's another question. 
was their death before they ate from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil before the curse was their death. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'm just rereading it. So you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in that day you eat of it. You shall surely die. I've always taken that as, um, For them, it's all—it's a spiritual death as well as physical, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but I guess there would have to be, except maybe for them, there would have to be, right? Because uh, to some extent, for them to eat, I mean, even if they're just eating well, plants, but. Yeah, that's a good point. Because there was the, the hypothesis same, but, that they were like all vegetarians, right. like those super. Right. Weird, you know. Yeah. And so I the, I don't want to say that that's the same as, you know, a plant dying or you eating fruit is the same as right. the death of an animal or a person. But the way I look at it is this. God created all of the laws of nature, right? Mm-hmm. So that means God created all of matter. And that means he created all of the nutrient cycles. He created the carbon cycle and the water cycle and the nitrogen cycle. All of these, I mean, it's a finely tuned cycle, the constantly recycling of elements and atoms. I mean, it's so beautiful. But that means something has to die in order to be recycled. Right, right. So I guess... Um, yes, I believe there was, but to what extent? Right. I'm not sure. That's my, there's my answer, not answer. (laughs) I'm curious if there could have been like animal death, but maybe not human death yet. Right. Again, it's just part of the cycle and the, yeah. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. But Base Babe says, wasn't the first death able? We'll get there. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah. And then he makes Adam and Eve. Whatever. I'm just kidding. So I am not good with human anatomy. Do men actually have fewer ribs than women? I don't know. I'm going to Google it. I've always heard yes, but I also think that was just like right, <laughs> not from a good source. So I, I don't know. Dorothean said we could call him Nathan. Oh, okay, awesome, Nathan. The vast majority of people have twelve sets or twenty-four ribs. Twelve sets. Oh, twelve rib bones. So twenty-four, one for each rib cage. There are people with certain conditions who have too many or too few. I guess that, like, if God just, like, pulled, did, like, a surgery on Adam, that wouldn't change his genetic makeup. That'd just be like, oh, I took that out of you. So Adam would have one less rib. Right. I don't know why. I always thought that growing up. Oh, guys have one less rib. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's how a lot of, like, stories go you know to explain why this is that or this is that outside of the bible it's like you know so and so did this 
And then they got punished for it and this was taken away. So that's why something has, you know, two, I don't know. That's why a rhino has one horn and not two. I don't know. But something (laughs) like that, you know, funny stories like that. Because they're ugly unicorns. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Andy Uh, says, Adam, God gives Adam the gospel, eat from every tree and the law, don't eat from... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was not sin for the law was not transgressed. Therefore, there was no death. Maybe. I like that. I thought the oh. first death was Bruce Bruce Willis. He was dead the whole time. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert! I see, I see dead, dead people. people. <laughs> that was good. That was I'm so good proud one. of us. We did not plan that. I know. <laughs> oh man, you guys are awesome. You okay. guys are killing it. How do we feel about Genesis two? Any other thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Um. No, I think I got on my soapbox enough for that one. Sorry. Because the next one's when stuff hits the fan. Da da da. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then the fall then we can't stop no we don't mean autumn no we don't mean autumn Which is it is just not pumpkin the corner. spice season nope. they put halloween candy in kroger already <laughs> i'm so mad i know stop. they've got they've got halloween decorations out around here i'm like stop i can't handle it yeah. All right. Are we ready for this? Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. This time I get my water ready because it's going to be a long one. <laughs> now, the fall. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually, actually <laughs> say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Okay, so my, sorry, my ring light just suddenly turned off. It's all right. It's done. Okay. (laughs) I'll keep reading while she fixes that. So, oh, nope, she got it. That was creepy. That... Didn't like you making fun of him. <laughs> I'm not creeped out at all. <laughs> I'm okay. over here making jokes and Jess is legitimately scared. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a good okay. friend. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man, 
called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman who you gave me to be with, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and above the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. You shall desire to be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for you are dust. And to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and also and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Bum, bum. Ouch. <laughs> so to start off, I think that's how Satan does such a good job. Like, right. but actually, like, we're so good at justifying everything. Yeah. Yes. Did God actually say that? Your life's going to you go out again. <laughs> that was so creepy, though. I, know. <laughs> I did not care for that. No, I don't like it. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, your light changed slightly, and I was just like, nah, nah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, I do think that that is a really great way to um, tempt people, to get everybody to kind of, you know, rather than like, I think we get so caught up in black and white sometimes. It's really easy. To be like, well, no, I can clearly see that that's bad. I'm not going to do it. And I can clearly see what's good. It's that great. It's that in between. It's the when you can justify things like, well, actually, did he say that? He didn't really say that. So I think you're fine. No, you're not fine. <laughs> it's that we're projecting what we want on top of what God actually wants for us. Yeah. yeah. And Satan, who knows that, who's, you know, the right. great deceiver, it's just like, I see that it's like seeing a little fault line and just kind of sticking some dynamite at it. So it, he already knows where we're already leaning. So he just kind of 
takes it and makes it explode. Anyway. I, I, no, I think that's a really important point. Satan knows your weaknesses already. And so he just, it's just a little prod, just a little mm-hmm. push. And I mean, that's all it takes is unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Satan came at such a time when Adam and Eve had not fully developed that relationship with God yet. It's like when he comes after new Christians mm-hmm. and gives them all of these questions and then surrounds them with people who don't answer the questions, not speaking <laughs> from personal experience at all, um, <laughs> and causes you to doubt and wonder, oh, was the thing that I was told actually true? Mm-hmm. And this can manifest in a whole bunch of different ways, but yeah, it doesn't take much to push us off on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're already kind of. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so you, I, Go ahead. No, just, I, just uh, saying that I think he's been good at this for a very, very long time. As Base Babe said, Satan, the first actually meme guy. (laughs) Yes. So, one of the things that always gets me is that Adam just, like, went along with it. Because he had been with God longer than Mm -hmm. Eve. Mm -hmm. And so, like, maybe Eve was like, oh, you know, I'll try it. But Adam just like lets her. Yeah. And this is this relevant to uh, the panel I was on yesterday with uh, Frida. If you don't follow her channel, um, Finding the Faith, you guys definitely should. But this idea of just allowing somebody to live in their sin is also a sin. Yeah. Yeah. Just like watching it happen, not correcting them, not saying, wait a minute. Maybe don't do that. Hold up. Hold up. And then participating in the same sin with them. Like. Yes. He's. I think um, PJ conspiracy pilled has made that argument for a long time that the original sin was actually Adam's. um, just going along with it, or how, I'm not quite sure how he fi- how he states like it. Like abdicating his power. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jelly puts it <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> so blunt. <laughs> he just wanted his woman sin and didn't say a word. He j- he just watched his woman sin and didn't say a word. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Nathan says that Eve's first sin was taking too much control in the family unit, while Adam's first sin was the abdication of God-given authority. This, this is toxic femininity and toxic masculinity right here. Yes, absolutely. Boom. Right in the beginning. Right in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, PJ says that abdicating his responsibility. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. I agree. What not to do. 101. (laughs) Right. Right there. (laughs) And that's why God goes to such great lengths 
to tell us how marriage is supposed to work, how we're supposed to live in marriage, how we're supposed to relate to one another, who has what responsibilities. Like, there's a reason we all have different roles. Yeah. It lines it out for us pretty well. And the the big consequences and not a very healthy marriage relationship when you're not doing those things. Right. Yeah. I love also, what Kelly says. The new Adam is the alpha. Love it. <laughs> love it. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I love the next part when God just is kind of like, where are you? <laughs> like he doesn't know. I always thought that was funny, cheeky, and also right. absolutely terrifying because I also can't imagine God just walking around looking looking for me. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> it makes me think, have you seen those vi- uh, videos on YouTube where like a parent walks into the house and there's just crayon all over the walls <laughs> or paint or like mud all on the floor and it's just like, mud. you know, you know who did it. <laughs> And they know who did it. Yeah. And so you're just like, hmm, wonder who made this mess. Looks right. directly at child and or dog. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. What happened? What happened? Oh. <laughs> this doesn't look good. Right. Yeah. Just that, but like scarier i love what pj says hey uh adam my guy what you what you doing back there buddy exactly i like and it also reminds me of like a toddler who's hiding in a blanket like right you can't, can't see, see i know you what created you know? everything and yeah. you can see all of time and space but you can't see me yeah i'm just, i'm cool behind this bush right right, right. no idiot <laughs> Uh, yeah. The curse of the serpent has always been interested to me because in Sunday school, you always think of it like, okay, he cursed the snake, but we've only ever known snakes to crawl on their belly. Right. right. Um, so did yeah. snakes have legs before? Or like, what is it really saying here? Yeah. What is it really saying? Because as a kid, I'm thinking like this giant centipede that just got its legs taken away. Right. <laughs> Uh, in the chat, I think PJ had a good question about it with the, with the serpent and the, um, if seraphim angels are described as winged serpents, was it not the removal of feet, but the removal of its wings that Genesis is referring to? I think that's a really good point. That is a really good point. Yeah. And symbology is also symbolism's big too so you know you have snakes and they could symbolize this too serpent but was it the seraphim was it because they were is this how we get the the first dragon right we're connecting everything to dragons and i like i i I can't stop okay (laughs) so hear me out the seraphim is the winged serpent right the curses he takes his wings and absolutely cursed above all livestock 
On your belly you should go, and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman. How how are dragons depicted in literature, but as the creature that captures the princess? Yes. Or eats the, the sacrifice maiden. maiden, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's always the knight going off to kill the serpent. And uh, yeah. Like, like Adam should have done. Like Adam should have done. Yeah. Uh, and it's like what PJ said. Dragon names and cultures all around the world have names similar to biblical angels and demons. Fact check true. <laughs> right. So that's got to come from somewhere. Somewhere, something. So yeah. what if there's a little bitty kernel of truth? And that yeah. there's somewhere. I, I would say yes. And again, if we're looking at some of this as if it was um, like an epic poem kind of yeah. thing. You've got this beautiful, um, I don't want to say poem, but this line here about the serpent, the curse of right. the serpent, the curse to the woman, the curse to the man. Doesn't necessarily mean it's literal. It is written in high poetry form. It's not in poetry as we would think of poetry. No. Because this is a translation of a translation of a translation and translations uh, all the way down. <laughs> On top of another. Right. So some of the poetic linguistic nature is probably lost, but the symbol remains. I don't know. PJ says, and Revelation calls the serpent in the garden the same as the dragon in the end times. So, good point there, too. It's like it all comes full circle. It's like it's all connected. It's all connected, man. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, the curse of the woman makes sense. We yeah. done screwed up. Yeah. And it makes sense that from this is born toxic femininity because we see this constant struggle of women wanting to have these positions of power, whether it be a position of power in the family or in politics or like whatever. <laughs> and it's never fulfilling. The only place women do f feel f like truly fulfilled is in the role we were created to be in. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's, I think you see more and more, unfortunately, that the more women step up and take power, because uh, I'm going to sound like a feminist for a hot second, but do I'm it. not. I do think women are capable, of course, of doing all these things. Do I sure. th think that's where we're supposed to be? No. But so you see them like, oh, you know, I can do all these things. I can have a career and a home and a family and I can, I can do it all. And I think you see more and more, at least I've been seeing more and more that women are stepping into more and more of these roles and taking on more and more of the man's responsibility. And unfortunately you see men just like letting it happen. Go for it. Have at it. I don't like, know if that's necessarily their mindset, but it is must it it reflects to me Adam and Eve like a hundred percent. She's she's going for it. Well, I'll just sit back and take some of that too. I guess but. it's this 
you often see this caricature on social media of the woman doing it all right, uh, mm-hmm. raising the kids, working the nine to five job, and the husband sitting at home playing video games mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And those are both sins. Yeah. The w- woman is called to be a critical, nurturing part of the home. But the man is also called the big responsibility. And so when we as women abdicate our roles as mothers, as nurturers, we give room for men to abdicate their role as leaders. Leaders, yep. Yeah. And that's tough. It is tough. And that's why so much of Adam's curse is that, yeah, he's going to have to bust his butt. He's going to have to work hard because he abdicated his role as a leader. And who do you punish more, the sheep who went astray or the one who was supposed to lead them in the right direction? Right. Exactly. So, yeah, he gets gets it dumped on him. Right. Exactly. Uh, Um. Yeah, and again, like I'm I'm all about I think it takes so much strength in so many different ways and that's what's missing too is that it's not appreciated the strength of a woman at home. Right. Because it's not in your face. It's not appreciated the strength that she needs to do all the things she does and vice versa. I definitely don't think men are appreciated at 100%. all as leaders. They're not taught how to be leaders. They're not appreciated as leaders. Men are not given the credit that they're due either anymore. And you're seeing our society fall apart because, and it's not that we need to be kept down and in our place. I think that's the biggest lie for women is like, you know, well, you can't be in leadership. You're, you're a woman. It's like, no, I have better things to do. Right. I have better things to do. And that's your job. So I will be here supporting you because that's my right. job. And you do your job and we're going to have a good life. But I don't, I, it's so funny how it's turned on its head now that um, men aren't appreciated for all the wonderful things that they are made to do. And same with women. Yeah. And if you do, then you're just narrow minded. Today at school, uh, during our devotion time, the person who was leading the devotion was talking about the body of Christ and how it wouldn't make sense for all parts of the body to be an eye because then who could hear or all parts of the body to be an ear because then where where would you have your sense of smell? Everybody has a role for a reason. There is not one role that is lesser or greater. They balance each other out just like the nutrient cycles have that perfect design of recycling, just like how the gas giants are placed in just the right place in the sky to protect us from asteroids colliding into planet earth. Everything is fine tuned for a very specific reason. And so too are our roles in marriage and in our communities. God has a plan for it. And when we are most aligned with God's plan, that's where we find the most peace. It is when we are out of alignment with God's plan that we lose that peace. Amen. Amen, sister. I like it. Thanks. Get off my soapbox now. <laughs> nah. We got them all lined up. Yeah. Too many soapboxes. <laughs> I like it. Um, 
as for the last part about protecting the tree of mm. uh, in the Garden of Eden, I know Abby and PJ from Conspiracy Pill did a really good episode going into a lot of the theories behind this. Yes. Uh, Abby did a whole episode about the tree of life. Yes. I think it's one of their best episodes. So I can't plug that enough. If you're enjoying this talk about Genesis, go over to Conspiracy Pill, subscribe to them, go listen to the tree of life episode because it was really good. It's brilliant. Yeah. So I have nothing to add <laughs> necessarily on top of that, except um, I don't know. They summed it up so good. They did. And this is just blowing my mind right now. Frida in the chat. She's back, but her door dash driver just got arrested. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> I You'll I'm have sure to DM that's me a good later. story. I'm sure that's an amazing story. Like, uh, did they get arrested, like, on your doorstep? Did right? They get- <laughs> that would have been, that that been, been awesome, nuts. too. <laughs> How we feeling? Do we want to try and tackle four and five real quick? I know we've already been going, like, an hour and 40 minutes. It's, um... Hmm. Four is really short. All right. I think let's, we get. Let's do four. Okay. Well, well <laughs> actually, that's. I think that'll be perfect. Let's end on four. Let's end on a okay. high note. On a high note. <laughs> like we do. Like we do. <laughs> All right. Ready? ready? All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain, br- Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regards. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know, not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The, oh, I lost my spot. Sorry. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. To whom Enoch was born, Irad, and Irad fathered Mehushiel. 
and he fathered Methuselah, and Methusiel fathered Lamech, and Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zelah. Ada bore Jabal, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents and livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Zillal also bore Tubalcane. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubalcane was Nama. Lemek said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lemek, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lemek's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called him Seth. For he, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he, and he calls his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Hmm. Such a high note. Hmm. So it always confused me as to why Cain's offering of fruit was not as, air quotes, good as Abel's offering of a lamb. Yeah, he's like, dude, I want meat. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm not sure either. And I, I just wondered if it was... <sighs> I'm not sure. My <clears throat> notes say... See, Genesis does not explain how the practice of sacrificial worship began. The first readers of the book understood it well because they had been instructed in full by God through Moses. Some people assume that Cain's sacrifice of fruit was deficient because it did not involve the shedding of blood, which God required for the forgiveness of sins. But nothing in chapter 4 indicates that Cain and Abel came to God for forgiveness. Their sacrifices were acts of worship and... In the latter sacrificial system of Israel, God blessed the presence of a grain offering alongside the sacrifice of animals. A farmer presented a portion of his produce, just as a herdsman presented a sample of his flock. Cain's sacrifice was deficient because Cain did not do well, not because the sacrifice was fruit of the ground. What does it mean to do well? Well, it had nothing to do with the physical offering. I think so much as like maybe his attitude Mm. um he said why are you angry and why has your face fallen if you do well will you not be accepted and if you do not do well sin is crouching at the door its desire is contrary to you but you must rule over it so i already his soul's spirit to me is what saying is already wrestling with these demons if you will yeah and maybe he wasn't coming with the the right attitude right heart i don't know that's how i've always interpreted it i'm not sure that that's i wonder if it's like um you know the person i i hate to bring it to tithing because like every single sermon ever is about tithing i was thinking about it too though (laughs) but if you think about the person who like puts a single dollar in the offering plate and doesn't like truly give like an actual sacrifice Mm -hmm. you know yeah like not this is what I can give because I'm on hard times, but I'm giving you as much as I can give, Lord. It's well, I had this lying around. Yeah. So here you go, God. 
Yeah. I found this in the couch cushions. You can have it. <laughs> Here's my pocket lint. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it was just like, <laughs> here's an apple. I don't know. It'll go good with that pork that he's sacrificing. <laughs> just kidding. But I've always thought that it was yeah. more the attitude. Obviously, he has a crappy attitude. Right. I mean, obviously, if you're going <laughs> to kill your own brother over the fact that God didn't like your offering quite as much as he liked your brother's, like, that's equivalent to, like, killing your younger brother because your parents didn't like your fridge drawing as much as they liked your siblings. Like, absolutely ridiculous. I know. So, you're right. I think it's more a heart thing. And, le- like, the sacrifice itself didn't actually matter because God knew Cain's heart. Yeah. Right. And I I find it – I like the last part of that, too, is that um, – and if you do not do well – Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And then he's like, well, I ain't doing that. And go, (laughs) (laughs) nope. (laughs) God just like do better. And he's like, I ain't doing that. And (laughs) I think this shows like two things. On the one hand, it's really hard to master your sinful tendencies. Like you have to be very intentional about trying to master it and it's not like you say oh god take this sin away from me and it's just like gonna happen right away because shedding a sin takes discipline and practice and learning to give it up to god every single time you feel sin crouching at the door because it does crouch at the door it is waiting to get you yeah but at the same time if you don't do something it's gonna get you yeah exactly it's uh you have to be very conscious of it and yourself, your tendencies as well. Like that's where it's waiting to trip you up. Like you're struggling with this here. Here's some more. Are you, are you jealous? Well, look, your brother just made God really happy. Right. What are you going to do about it? Get rid of him. It's such an interesting way to handle uh, jealousy, too, because so often in our modern culture, we have this participation trophy mentality. It's like, oh, well, you tried your best, even if you didn't actually try your best. Uh, So you get a sticker or prize or we'll bump your grade up. You go to the next grade, even though you don't know how to read. Um, (laughs) That's definitely not a tangent of mine. (laughs) But God did the truly loving thing by saying, You need to change your heart. You need to change your mindset. You need to do better to do well. Yeah. Like this isn't your best and I know it's not your best and I know you could do better if you really wanted to. Yep. Yeah. I think that that's where uh, people are tripping up now is like if you do that, if you hold them accountable – You could lose that relationship with your child, for example, or you could um, lose that relationship with whoever. Yeah. And it's like, yes, but you need to do your part in a loving way to say, hey, this isn't, this isn't cool. You can do better. I believe in you. You know, God wasn't like, hey, you're garbage. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, God didn't just like turn him away right then. He said, do better. Yeah. You know, it implied that there would be a next time. Like, you can do better than this. We'll try again. But Cain was like, no, I'm just going to get rid of the competition. Right. And that was a him thing. Yeah. That was a hard thing. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, the field, you know, so he's a farmer, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, and now you're cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother, brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. Uh, I've heard people say like, oh, well, it used to be a lot easier to farm because of Cain. Now it's not. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true because it said very clearly there'd be like horns and thistles in their original curse. Yes. I'm just dropping my pen everywhere. Sorry. You're good. I'm like throwing my highlighter around. So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If uh, that was the case, then again, how much easier was it? (laughs) Right. Also. So. The. You know, Cain, like, it's no it's no big deal for you to, to grow stuff and bring it to me. That's my right. point, you know. I don't, again, I don't think that's, I think it was just a Cain curse thing. Yeah, so much of this is very specifically a Cain yeah. curse. Yeah. Because um, he's forced to wander, settles in the land of Nod, all that sort of stuff. Interesting. I don't know how I never connected two and two, but... Cain's son is Enoch. Mm-hmm. Did Enoch write the book of Enoch? I think it's the same, but I could be wrong. So then he would know best. Like, I know the book of Enoch is not uh, part it's of not- the Bible, but it's like a biblically endorsed extra biblical text because mm-hmm. uh, it's referred to quite a, quite a bit in the Bible. Yeah. So he would know very well what, was going on in those early times. And that refers quite a lot to the Nephilim, Mananaki, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So interesting. The watchers. The watchers. Yeah. 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 So he was, he was fresh, fresher yeah. than Moses. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, uh, PJ corrects me. Wrong Enoch. Thank you. I, I wondered, I was like, I think, I don't know, but I, yeah, um, I didn't know. Anyway. All these guys got to have the same name. (laughs) Like that doesn't happen literally throughout the whole Bible. (laughs) Or just terrible, not terrible names, but names we just can't pronounce anymore. Right. So. uh, 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 Lamech's story is interesting. Uh, I don't understand the inclusion of it. And maybe that's because I just don't understand it. Yeah. Me neither. Um, again, I know how important like genealogy is in everything, sure. but I was just kind of like, um, yeah. Me neither. I just kind of like uh, kept going. I wonder if the purpose is to show that this practice of killing other people didn't end with Cain. Like he was the first to kill anybody, but now 
Lamech is going off and killing people. And so now this is something that is actively being practiced, like yeah. slaughter. <sighs> I'll let you look that up in your notes. Yeah, keep talking with the chat while I look. And then, and then there's Seth. I was just looking through the chat, actually. Hey, thanks. Um, to Seth, also son was born. Enosh, at the time. Yeah. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So, for me, that one, I was like, okay, so is there... Only a few who know. Oh, man, too many questions. Not enough answers. Ooh. And that's on me. This is interesting. Okay, the words of Lamech are poetic, making the passage memorable and powerful. I have killed a man. In this boast, Lamech indicates that he has followed in the worst pattern of his ancestor Cain in his wicked braggadocio. He taunted God by his words 77-fold, whereas the Lord would bring vengeance on the slayer of Cain sevenfold. Lamech boasted that by himself he would greatly magnify the vengeance on anyone who attacked him. This is another example uh, of wickedness in the infiltration. Ooh. Yeah, so it's just to show, like, mankind's decline into wickedness before we get to Noah. Awesome. Beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see a quote here in the chat that seems relevant. Can I pull it up? Oh. My little thing. But PJ says, death begets death begets death. Never heard that anywhere before. <laughs> not ever. No. Not from like one of our collectively favorite, favorite yeah, series of all time. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. It, it's an Ouroboros of suffering. It's if you don't stop the cycle of death, it will continue. And that's why so many of the curses in the Bible seem generational because they just keep happening. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It says, um, I was reading about Seth. So like oh, okay. Genesis 26 to Seth, also a son was born and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And um, Seth was 105 years old when Enosh was born. Mm -hmm. So these first generations after the garden had, ex had extraordinarily long lifespans, which you see. Right. <laughs> and um, this may, okay, we're told that starting around the time of Enosh's birth, people began to call on or proclaim the name of the Lord. This may well have been a direct response and certainly a contrast to the descendants of Cain. As shown in prior verses, his offspring were deeply sinful, and that mm -hmm. sin would eventually spread to pollute almost the entire human race. Yes. Um, the people of Seth apparently expressed their dependence on God and perhaps worshipped him publicly. So I guess, I mean, a lot of time has passed. Yeah. And rather than walking with God in the garden, you're now calling to him, worshipping him in public kind of things, which makes sense. And I could see how that would be kind of a 
dangerous thing to do at that time because around you, you have the people of Cain who are actively cursing the name of God, who are bragging at God, daring God to curse them because they're so mad about what happened with their ancestor Cain. So in that time, it'd be a brave thing to do to worship God. Yeah. So that's, and again, that starts off that pretty early, of course, like who are um, the anger and the shame and the verses kind of attitude. It sets up the the major battle, right? This battle between good and evil, the people of God and the people against God. Right. And like you said, you just see it just... It goes downhill real fast. Yeah. Uh, not, not to spoil what we'll do next time, but... Right. Not... <laughs> it doesn't really turn around anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I liked this, and I think we're going to do this. We're trying to do it like every other yeah. Monday. And I think I'm also going to like, you know, be a little more prepped for next time with a little more background stuff. But the gene, <laughs> we'll jump into the genealogies. <laughs> Get ready for us to mispronounce every single name. Everything. Yes. <laughs> we should make it a drinking game because that's totally good for Bible study. But <laughs> drink your I think coffee. we'd be dead at the end of the Bible study. Shots of water. We'll get hydrated by the end of yes. the Bible study. There we go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Shots of something, but maybe not alcohol because you need your liver. It will not be good. It won't be good. It won't be good. But stick around. So we'll do this again in yeah. not next Monday, but the Monday after. And we'll continue in Genesis. Have a little more background on some of the things too. And... uh we're looking forward to this Friday because Jess and I are going to like have a little chat about giants. I'm so excited. Me too. Cause those aren't real. Or are they? Or are they? It may or may not be relevant to what we've been talking about today. Today. And last Friday. Yeah. So it might, it might've been a theme. Actually, I think it's an underlying theme in a lot of things we've talked about, and we just haven't really, like, brought it up. So stay tuned. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm hyped. So, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe. Tune in this Friday to watch our episode about giants. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. Thank you for joining us tonight, you guys. Um, Jess, you want to do a quick prayer to, like, round it out? Let's do it. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for bringing us all together to spend some time in our in your word and with each other. Thank you so much for Elise and the time we got to share together. Thank you so much for our audience who took the time to listen tonight, to chat with us, and to make this a rich and fulfilling experience just to learn about you and the story of how you made us and the mistakes that we've made along the way. And I just thank you for the reminder that even in the hardest times, that you are still there for us and that you love us. I pray that you'd go through, go with us throughout the week and share your blessings with us. In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, everybody. Have an awesome Monday night. (laughs) Have a good week. (laughs) Stay quirky, friends. See ya.